My name is Darshana and this is Ethically Yours, a podcast to simplify sustainability. Joining me today are Karan Kumar and Tanushri Shukla, my friends, colleagues and co-conspirators in this movement of sustainability. And today we are talking about what it means to make a career in sustainable fashion. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Ethically Yours. Today I'm doing a little cheating and not really creating extremely original content. But I'm using an audio version of this live chat um, that we had during Fashion Revolution Week as part of the Global Shapers Mumbai's programming. Uh, this particular conversation was between Karan, Tanushri and I. Uh, the three of us work together collaboratively. Uh, we have individual roles in very interesting companies and organizations, all working towards pushing the envelope for sustainable fashion. The best part is none of us have roles that have anything to do with design or product development as such. And more often than not, when somebody thinks about a career in sustainable fashion, they end up relating it to uh, you know, being a designer or developing a product. Uh, but there's just so much more to it than just making a product. And this entire conversation talks exactly about that. Um, I'm using the audio as is. It's a one hour long chat. Uh, we had some interesting questions as part of this live conversation. And I just feel that it's, it was very insightful. It was casual. Um, I'm sure it will help students who are looking for opportunities within sustainable fashion or it could also be helpful for somebody who is thinking of making a switch um, and exploring newer opportunities. So please go ahead, give it a hear um, and let me know if you have any questions or what sort of career choices you're going to make. Also, I have to thank the Global Shapers community, uh, Mumbai, for letting me use this audio as part of this episode. Thank you. Okay, great. So hello, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us um, on this lovely Saturday evening in extended lockdown period. <laughs> uh, it's been riveting. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's Fashion Revolution Week, as everybody knows. And uh, a quick introduction to the Global Shapers community and myself. My name is Karan. Uh, I'm part of this wonderful community of people across the world called the Global Shapers community. Uh, that is a voluntary sort of youth community-led action platform run by the um, World Economic Forum. Uh, I'm part of the Mumbai Hub and I represent this great set of people there. And for Fashion Revolution Week um, specifically, we as the Global Shapers have an initiative called Shaping Fashion. Um, a lot of conversation has been going on um, this past week on different issues ranging from things like mainstreaming sustainability in gen in, and gender equity and cotton farming to uh, kind of materials in our clothes. And uh, we thought it would be great to have a different kind of conversation about uh, what it really means to have a career in sustainable fashion. Everybody's talking about what it is. Uh, Everybody is not a designer. Uh, some <laughs> of us don't know how to um, make clothes. Uh, so what else can you do? And that's where I um, would like to introduce my lovely other um, 
participants of this uh, discussion, Darshana and Tanushri. Uh, Darshana works with Black May Fashion Week and IMG Reliance, and Tanushri works with the Circular Apparel Innovation Factory. Uh, would you guys like to start with an introduction, maybe Darshana, and then we can start? Sure. Thank you so much, uh, Karan. Lovely introduction. And uh, uh, so, yes, so I am uh, part of IMG Reliance uh, since November, so fairly new to the team. Uh, but what IMG Reliance does uh, as an organizational background is uh, they organize a lot of uh, events within fashion, lifestyle, and sports. Uh, within fashion, the biggest event is Lakme Fashion Week. Uh, within sports, the biggest event is IPL, but there's also uh, the ISL uh, and a lot of other events. Uh, though Lakme Fashion Week is like the bigger entity uh, specific to sustainability, there are a lot of other um, projects that are undertaken by IMG Reliance. And I'm very, very excited and happy to be a part of this team. Uh, to lead the sustainability agenda at IMG Reliance through Lakme Fashion Week and other uh, initiatives. Uh, it's been six months, but yeah, that's where I'm at. Lovely. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I think Darshana has a very front-facing, visible, you know, sort of uh, role in sustainable fashion. There is no one who has not heard of Lakme Fashion Week. Um, but uh, as Darshana said, the three of us are friends and partners and collaborators. Um, and Karan and I kind of work a little bit more behind the scenes. So I work with, uh, with a consultancy called IntelliCap which uh, about a year and a half ago started this awesome new initiative called Circular Apparel Innovation Factory or CAIF for short. Um, and CAIF is essentially an industry platform that is trying to help the Indian textile and apparel sector move towards more circular business models, um, working, at, working sort of very behind the scenes at the level of the supply chain. So working with a lot of innovators who are innovating in terms of process, uh, not necessarily product, working with a lot of corporate brands, um, as well as foundations, funders, investors, accelerators, sort of enablers to that entire movement. So we're really this ecosystem builder of uh, various kinds of organizations uh, in the space. Uh, and, uh, and so that's why we kind of collaborate with organizations like IMG Reliance. And so Darshana and I, you know, apart from being friends, also work together on a few projects, which we can talk about. And, uh, and of course, Karan also, uh, we also collaborate with Karan's organization. So Karan, do you want to go ahead and tell us about your Yeah, time? sure. So um, like I said, my name is Karan, but apart from that, uh, there are many interesting things hopefully about me. I work with a private philanthropic foundation called um, the Loudest Foundation. Uh, we were very recently, until very recently called um, CNA Foundation. Uh, and we work primarily in the fashion industry. Um, but Loudest Foundation overall, our vision is to really tackle the dual crises of climate change and inequality. Um, through the industry verticals of fashion and um, another industry vertical like the built environment. I specifically work on the materials program at um, Lattice Foundation under the fashion vertical, where my focus is really on looking at how we can drive sustainability in the global material mix. So um, how can we sort of uh, find ways to make polyester sustainable or how can we uh, find ways to ensure that wood-based viscose is not harming uh, ancient and endangered forests. So we work with a lot of our partners across the world to do things like that. And I'm happy to sort of uh, tell you more later, but for now, let's 
continue this conversation and uh, i'd love to uh, maybe get started on our first kind of point of uh, so tarjuna tanushree and i uh, we go a little way back but uh, i think what's interesting to hear about the work we do is sort of what is a day in our life like um and what is it exactly that uh, darshana does apart from attending fancy fashion shows and uh, what does tanushree <laughs> do apart from consulting and what do i do apart from sitting and reading proposals so yeah it would be uh, tanushree do you want to start with uh, what a day in the life at cif is like um so at cif what i mainly focus on is uh, community building uh, capability building and knowledge and uh, again big words that essentially mean that i spend a lot of my time talking to a lot of different people uh, brainstorming about so essentially we're an industry platform which means that uh, our role is really to connect the dots between different players so it could be you know bringing an innovator into the fold of a corporate brand getting funding from a foundation and then getting coverage and you know giving a public platform using for instance IMG designs uh and so that's kind of how the three of us also work together i mean to give you an example we uh we have this really great platform called change makers circular change makers which is a collaboration between CIF and IMG and uh and fun fact was uh, conceived originally by karan when he was once upon a time part of the cif team uh, and circular change makers it's a rolling the, trophy uh, that we are all <laughs> basically being custodians Moving, of yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um and change makers is a really interesting property that cif created along with img uh where the goal was to really kind of you know lakme fashion week is known for the beautiful clothes and the designers and the products but we wanted to also provide that platform to people who work behind the scenes and who work underneath that level of the designer and the product uh the innovators and the startups who are uh, who are enabling these beautiful garments and products to be made and to be sustainable um and also to help them uh, connect with potential investors so change makers is uh, is a showcase and a physical event that happens at lakme fashion week um which uh, which allows these kind of innovators to come up and pitch uh, pitch their solutions and their ideas to potential investors and so really building properties like that um you know uh, enabling collaborations between uh, between brands and corporates and innovators getting down to doing a lot of on ground pilots so it's really a lot of fun innovative you know sitting and analyzing the industry looking you know a lot of boring reading like reports and data but then also using it to see okay where are the gaps what needs to be filled um and you know what kind of people can we bring on board and create partnerships to to address this and so uh, so yeah super fun uh, interesting work that uh, has nothing whatsoever to do with designing products and and that's what i kind of love about it yeah yeah i think uh, on that like little point about it we're not designing products even me in my work um we are designing ways in which we can make this industry sustainable um and i think that's a function of looking at the products at the people at the parts of the system and um how do you really make it work well together and for me specifically uh while of course there is a lot of reading a lot of interaction with people a lot of sort of figuring out um okay is this uh you know an idea that uh is important and is it scalable is it uh viable and 
can we do something immediately with it? Is it something that 10 years down the line is relevant? A lot of that thinking happens through the readings that I do. It's a lot of um, emailing back and forth with people like Darshuna and Tanushri as well. Uh, you know, when they're trying to build collaborations or partnerships, it's, uh, it's a lot of internal also discussion amongst our team. Uh, we find that extremely critical because our work is spread across multiple geographies. Um, and in various, various pockets of the industry. Uh, so yeah, um, that's sort of what a day looks like in a way, uh, email, read, listen, think. Darshana, yeah. do you wanna go? Yes, I want to because I definitely don't only attend fancy fashion shows. <laughs> it's like a literal, no, it's not, it's not about that. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes behind all this uh, glitz and glamour and uh, everything that we see there is uh, there are innumerable number of people uh, you know not just the curators not just the core team but from a production point of view there's immense amount of work that goes in and not just from um, the andrew lion side of the story but also from the designer side i think to put together a collection to showcase uh, at a platform like lacquer fashion week is is a huge opportunity yes but a lot of hard work so a typical day in my life at IMG Reliance uh, is fun, is a lot of fun. And because it's so new for me, there's a lot of discovery still happening uh, in my day for now. So um, we'll, I think we'll talk about how we got here a little later because that has some sort of um, a foundation to why my day looks like it looks. Uh, but yeah, there is a lot of... Um, so there is fashion curation as one of the things that I personally do at IMG Reliance, which means that we go out and look out for designers um, who do interesting work within sustainability. So it could be their work with artisans or with craftspeople or, you know, people who are using innovative materials or innovative techniques uh, to come up with collections that are also commercially viable. Um, or there are uh, projects that we do with the United Nations or with the Ministry of Textile to boost a certain project. Um, so for example, in the last season, uh, we launched this program uh, that's basically going to build a solution around multi-layer packaging. So that actually has got nothing to do with fashion directly, but yes, because it comes in the larger sphere of sustainability and because we have partners like the United Nations, and for this particular project, we are very happy to, uh, to have Aprosha with us, who's the event champion of the year, who's been cleaning the oceans. So few of my days also go on the beaches. I've gone to clean the beaches with him a couple of times. Uh, but yes, it's a lot to do with uh, speaking to designers, understanding their work, speaking to retailers, um, connecting with people like Karan and Tanushri to see what sort of collaborations can happen and how we can push the needle um, for sustainability. Lots of emails, lots of brainstorming, uh, lots of interesting people to meet. So yeah, typically that's what it is. Great. And, but more importantly, I think uh, at some level, and Darshana and Tanushri both touched upon this a little bit, it's really about how do we build collaboration as well and thinking about the different kinds of things that are happening in the industry. And uh, every time I'm sort of stumped with this question when I think of like, you know, okay, sustainable fashion collaboration, what does it mean? Uh, especially because you're just hit with this plethora of just uh, brands and designers, but then what beyond that? Uh, 
and maybe this is a good time uh, to also highlight a little bit about how we got to where we were um for instance tanushri and i don't have any sort of formal education in fashion or uh anything to do with fashion really but darshana does um and uh, i think tanushri maybe you want to start because you have the most interesting background i would say <laughs> yeah. so do you use uh, liberal arts yeah but she's like <laughs> it and publishing <laughs> Yeah, it honestly makes no sense. Uh, I really like completely got into this so completely by accident. Uh, you know, just uh, was yes working in you know digital product development for the publishing industry primarily, and you know the tech industry before that. Um, and I guess just started feeling the need to do something tangible with my hands, and so kind of started you know getting interested in craft and that. opened up these doors to me uh, and you know kind of through various coincidences and uh, random experiences and chance encounters you know a few years later i ended up founding this organization called chindi um and so about 6 years ago i founded chindi as a social enterprise that kind of worked at the intersection of craft livelihoods and sustainability um so creating upcycled products made with textile waste uh while providing livelihoods to uh, low income crafts women from mumbai slums uh but yeah that kind of my journey and uh, and then you know while working at chindi realized that okay i'm one organization uh the problem of textile waste that i was that we were specifically looking at it in the is such a huge problem i actually started learning more about it after i found it chindi it was not the other way around um and i realized that it was a problem that really needed to be solved at an industry level at an ecosystem level and uh, i also found that you know as entrepreneurs as social entrepreneurs we would speak a lot about the importance of collaboration but there wasn't anybody actually helping us structure these collaborations um and so that's where the idea started forming in my mind of i need to do something else i need to you know work at an industry level um so it was along that kind of journey that of course i met darshana who was uh, you know who was also an entrepreneur at the time and she'll tell you a little bit more about that um but then you know when i was on that quest of okay how can i actually address this problem in a bigger way is when i i met karan who introduced me to you know the good folk at cif and so uh, after a lot of conversations decided to kind of make that jump and move to cif um and yeah and so very excited that that's what i'm actually doing now the 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 problem that was kind of keeping me up at night of how do i solve this how do i work at that ecosystem level is exactly what cif is doing so feeling very lucky to be here honestly great and um, it's so very exciting actually that uh, you know if you think about it you don't necessarily um in the journey that you just described also perhaps similar to mine that i haven't necessarily built any skills that are relevant over the course of my education uh to solve these issues uh but um like for i studied liberal education right i did like environmental science and i did uh, like literature and cultural studies but how do you sort of fit that back into um something like sustainable fashion for me uh the journey was a little bit different but i think uh, it started with a foray into agriculture um really and uh, looking at how we can make uh, um 
agriculture sustainable and agricultural systems support smallholder farmers across the world a little um, more and in more resilient manners. And then at that point, I of course discovered the idea of also how um, agriculture and fashion were interlinked, which is a very, very big interlinkage, thinking of things like how cotton is grown or thinking of things like how um, other waste materials from farms can actually be used to create textiles um, and how uh, farmers are so important to this entire uh, equation as well. And uh, that idea sort of got sparked there. And then at IntelliCap, I continued my work in agriculture and across other sectors as well. But uh, fun fact, sorry, maybe I forgot to mention, I also used to work with IntelliCap, uh, where Sanitary <laughs> is right now. Um, and uh, then sort of started with CAIF, which was the Circular Parallel Innovation Factory, which really sparked my interest in uh, sustainable fashion and matching that sort of idea between industries like agriculture, fashion, and uh, materials. And uh, a happy sort of chance that um, I too, Darshana, like you joined uh, Lagos Foundation in November uh, to take on this role uh, in the materials program, which really brings together this whole space of agriculture and fashion and sustainability. Um, and sort of just, uh, now that I look back on it, I see that it's been this sort of formative process, but while going through it, it was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Where am I going? How am I doing this? Uh, I don't know if you had something like that, Darshana, especially since you come from the fashion industry. Yeah. So, um, so we, it's funny and it's not funny at the same time. <laughs> so in, so four years of proper design school, NIFT, you know, you study everything, you study the supply chains that we now often talk about, but you know, in the course of their entire curriculum, there was never a mention about how uh, the supply chains are cramped to really, you know, make something called as fast fashion. We actually worship the Zara model for most of our lives while studying. I think, you know, the quick in time, the fact that, oh, the supply chains are really kick ass. Um, and, you know, we're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. And um, then I did my master's from um, LCF and I was living on Primark, like literally. And I had no idea how that bag was worth a pound, two pounds, but my entire house right from my kitchen, uh, you know, decor items, the supplies to my accessories and everything was from Primark because there was absolutely no exposure to the reality. And uh, my friend and uh, my roommate at that time, she used to write for this online portal called Ethical Fashion Forum. We lived in the same house. I saw her writing for these things. And it was just not in my mental sphere, you know. Uh, the typical education system just pushes you to aspire for positions like luxury brand manager or, you know, buyer for an international brand or a creative head or, you know, things like that. So I wanted to become a buyer all my life. Uh, it was only when I understood that there's a lot of Excel sheets to it that I said, oh, it's <laughs> probably not for me. Uh, so... You know, I don't think that these things were even existing 10 years ago. Yes, I graduated 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, so uh, how it happened for me was very organically again. I, I worked for uh, a lot of retail brands in the country. And I was doing your regular operations marketing, uh, you know, making sure the product is pushed and shoved through 
the consumer's throat and there's more and more sale happening. So I've gone through the entire cycle until one day while I was, you know, Netflixing and chilling, I came across the true cost. And I was like, where was I living for so long, you know? Uh, and that just sort of, it was an awakening as cliched as this might sound. But, you know, I just felt that I'm from the industry and if I'm not going to do something, then who is going to? And then it was basically the process of unlearning everything and discovering this entire gamut of sustainable fashion. It's so vast. I think all of us are still discovering. Um, so uh, that's how it started. And then I want to do something. So I started, uh, you know, writing a blog and then I started discovering so many brands. One thing was for sure that I am not going to start a brand because that's not something that I ever wanted to do. Um, so we know you wanted to be a buyer. It's okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so <laughs> then in the process of discovery, when I saw so many brands, I said, okay, let's put up a marketplace because I'm sure there are people who are looking for these products who are sort of aware of, you know, fast fashion and you know, why you need to move to a more, um, conscious, uh, consumerism model. So Fetrang happened, which was uh, my startup uh, back in 2017 started up as a marketplace and kept evolving and is evolving till today uh, because as an entrepreneur in the sustainability sphere, Tanushree and I will agree, there is very little money till today and There's no uh, money, no money. <laughs> yeah. So to make uh, ends meet is a task, but I think we both were extremely driven um, for the cause, for the passion, for the fact that something really needs to be done. And therefore, when this opportunity came my way at first, I was hesitant because, you know, as every um, protective entrepreneur, you feel, no, I've built this for so long. And, you know, how can I just go back into the corporate world and, you know, do this? But then I think it's also about changing perspectives. Like Tanushi said, that after a point, we need to be open to the idea of working from within the system. Uh, using the opportunities at scale to drive change at a much larger level. So, you know, me talking about sustainable fashion through Fairtrunk and reaching out to say three and a half, five thousand followers on Instagram versus me talking about sustainability via Lakme Fashion Week, which has almost a million followers, is is just a different scale. And hence, hoping that the impact would also be in that similar fashion. So. Yeah. Even in the current role, there are just so many interesting projects. And at times, I also feel that it's very similar to the things that I was doing at Fairtron. But the scale, the opportunity, the magnitude is so massive. And you really feel that all the collaborations or all the little actions that you're doing right now are eventually leading to some positivity or some sort of, uh, you know, the needle is actually moving. So, yeah, I think that's how yeah. I got here. Yeah. But... It's, yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, I was just saying that it's uh, the action and the sort of impact did happen while both of you were entrepreneurs as well. If you look at my rack, uh, which I will not show you now, but my bag rack has a bunch of chindi bags. Chindi products. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know I've shopped through Fairtrunk. Yeah. Um, so like the impact was there, but I think the scale at which that impact happened was very different. Um, compared yeah, to now, and, yeah. And I think this kind of addresses Hamsini's question that uh, that she has posted, and I'll just read that out for for the attendees who can't see it. Given that you work for uh, a conglomerate that has a lot of business, divisions. I think that question is for me. 
that is the question it's a question for tamshi but I, but i want to address yeah, it yeah, so yeah. The, yeah. because you touched upon it right so there are business yeah. divisions that are not sustainable per se but how do you balance that at a group level in your role and and uh, the question is i mean i think the answer is exactly what darshana just said that the idea is number one to work from within the system i think that's a very conscious choice that uh, that at least the two of us definitely made or all three of us made in a way um that you know we could be these rebellious independent entrepreneurs um but we somewhere felt like you know we what we are doing needs to be needs to have a larger stage needs to have a louder voice and needs to bring in more people um and so yeah i think what we are really doing is using the platform you know rather than yeah. saying oh no no not sustainable leave it out of the conversation it's also about like saying okay sustainability needs to become normal needs to become mainstream and the way that happens is that you have that conversation in the same breath as and in the same room as and with the same people as you know the not sustainable ones yeah. Um, yeah. and i guess that's like the conscious decision that that we made of course like a lot of people disagree which is fine but we need all those voices but i think it's also yeah. important for everybody to just calm down a little when we're talking about sustainability <laughs> because you say this during fashion revolution week no calm down in the sense that you know it's it's i don't think it's even true to be a purist when you're talking about sustainability you know we cannot Agreed. be sustainability nazis over here and just keep pointing fingers at people saying you, you know if i am Uh, yes i carry my own water bottle but if i'm dying some day and i have to buy a bottle i am going to buy a bottle and then i'm going to just put it in the right place where it's recycled so i think there are a lot of times where just people look at it oh but she has a plastic bottle oh but she's doing this oh but you know we are humans and i think even if we do a little bit slightly broken slightly mended here and there the fact that we are all moving in that direction should be more important than how perfectly we are all doing correct and you know touching upon what both of you also just said thinking about our time uh about how this sort of crisis of corona virus has impacted industries uh across the world including the fashion industry in many 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 ways i think what is while i would i i don't want to go into the impact per se uh, everybody's talking about it i do want to recognize the fact that um at least from our perspective working in this industry what we realize is that the gears are moving now to really look at mm-hmm. the supply chain to look at that longer tail not just the product on the rack but what goes in behind it um and how do you make that entire uh, system sustainable and uh resilient to shocks like this or any shocks and which is why we need sort of more people uh you know working different kinds of careers in sustainable fashion not making products but working with uh people in the supply chain to drive things like traceability you need people working uh to sort of figure out the waste system you need people figuring out sort of the IT and the back end and the logistics of actually managing that entire system uh and i think that's what is important that people don't necessarily see that and that's now maybe you can uh highlight this uh you know did you learn any of this in your formal fashion education no like i said i mean we were just going gaga over zara's model like you know yeah. in whatever the little so my masters was in fashion entrepreneurship and my uh, degree was in design so in design uh, so now we talk about like a, what is a zero waste 
uh, pattern cutting technique. You know, that's something yeah. that a lot of colleges are teaching now. But throughout the four years, I have, I can't even imagine the amount of fabric we must have wasted in just learning pattern cutting or just experimenting with things. Um, and unfortunately, I don't think that has changed today either because, you know, I do go for guest lectures at NIFT or some other colleges. And they, so we do like a nice introduction, introduction session with them. And the students have come up to me and saying, but ma'am, we do pattern cutting and then so much of muslin goes to waste. What do we do with that? So, you know, it's funny, but it, what's also interesting is I, I just told them that, you know, why don't you make accessories out of it and, you know, see if you can use it or you can give it to friends. And the next time I went, they actually had a few accessories made and they have hand embroidered it and they had like a small collection to showcase. So I think overall the awareness is increasing, but it is yet to come as part of curriculum or as part of a skill in the formal education system. It is still a small module in like a four-year course. It is. Mm. It used to be optional until a couple of years ago, but now it is mandatory. Uh, but it is still like a very, very uh, small bit. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing I find is, uh, this is what I find interesting, right? So, so having done not as many as you, but a few of these, these lectures and, you know, being invited as a jury for student projects or things is that the emphasis is still very much on the end product. So yeah. it's great that they're coming and saying, what do I do with the waste muslin? But uh, they're not thinking about the whole process and the whole business model and the system that leads to that muslin being wasted at the end of mm. that. And that the product design is really one of the last steps and one yeah. thin slice of this entire big system. And uh, and I think we were talking about this earlier that the Corona, this whole like situation that's happening right now, it has really revealed, it, it really is a crisis apart from being a, a heartbreaking humanitarian crisis, it is a crisis of the supply chain. It is really the, like whether we realize it or not, the supply chain is what all of us are really concerned with right now. Whether it is the supply chain of our groceries, of our fresh vegetables, of our essential non-essential how are things reaching us the logistics the shipping the stores yeah. you know how the stores are receiving it from the so so the supply chain is really where it's at you know and uh, and the product is just comes at the very very end and and that's what i think like the three of us we work in sustainable fashion but we work on that boring behind the scenes supply chain not just the product you know that's what makes yeah. this interesting and we need more yeah. people I don't think it's boring. I think no, it's, it's extremely boring. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I keep calling it boring. I really love my job. We've been doing it for so long. Uh, Listen, I have to but, add something though. Apart, so there is one particular course spe uh, specifically in NIFT right now, which is like a master's program in sustainable systems. And I think there is Shubhi here who is a part of the attendee. She was, uh, she joined me to be a jury member on one of the juries there. Mm. And that particular program is very interesting because that talks about sustainability from ground up. Um, and there were interesting uh, projects that the students had, you know, presented right from uh, building a sustainable campus to using waste as a resource. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not extremely disappointed <laughs> in the education system. I'm sure there is yeah. some light. Yeah. But let's sort of flip that 
as well, right? And say that, okay, the fashion education bit is one thing. It's creating a separate kind of people. It's creating a separate kind of like workforce or entrepreneur or whoever it may be. But at the same time, there is all of these outsiders, these like tech people, these like um, these engineers, these doctors, these um, uh, various kinds of people who have suddenly decided. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who have decided that, oh, okay, their work can be applied to make the fashion sustainable. And how do they do that? And um, that's been extremely interesting for me to see and sort of, you know, discuss with them, uh, especially through platforms like Circular Change Makers or Circular Design Challenge, right? Uh, which are both amazing platforms that IntelliCap and uh, IMG Reliance run at Lakme Fashion Week um, every year. But for me, that has been extremely interesting. Like, how do you see these outsiders coming into the fashion industry and creating jobs for themselves? Uh, like, the CEO of an IT company that is suddenly now, okay, screw this, I'm going to start a, like, software pro a platform for sustainable fashion or um, yeah. things like that. And, or an engineer who suddenly decides that, oh, okay, I did this and maybe I can actually take waste from like this crop that's grown in my backyard and make uh, vegan material out of it uh, and then sell that uh, to high-end fashion brands. And of course, like Tanushree said, that at the end, there is that product design thing, but then there's a lot before that. And these are where those outsiders are actually coming in. And what are your views on that? I mean, I'm the, I, I have always considered myself an outsider to fashion, right? So no fashion design training became uh, social entrepreneurs completely by accident. Uh, at that time, again, you know, the reason I feel so passionately about this, it's not just about product thing is because for Chindi, the reason it became a brand and made products is because that was the only vehicle that I saw. That was the only kind of pathway I saw to, you know, to make a difference. And it took me many years to realize you know how to go kind of backwards and deeper into that process um but uh, but yeah it, it sustainability is has become such an amazing vehicle for these outsiders to come in uh and and to find those applications you know in fashion in textile in apparel uh it's not just you know discovering an innovation and realizing an application in a battle it's also you know we are seeing so many enterprises for instance an example of a dry waste management company that we are currently in talks with for a waste management pilot who have been doing this for decades and are working with you know paper plastic thermocol but now are suddenly awakening to hey there's also this issue of textile waste you know we went to them and said you have the entire infrastructure and you can actually use this to you know the, whole, the existing process existing infrastructure to address the issue of textile waste uh, so also just these little pivots that can happen in existing enterprises who may have never even thought about this as a space before it's it's great to see that because the conversation is also getting louder right and and so much of that has come from consumers and you know the the sort of brands responding to it so outsiders uh, outsiders are here to stay you know nerds take over the world all of that i, I fully like support this, this movement <laughs> you know there's another there's another side to this i think we are looking at outsiders coming into fashion uh now from a startup ecosystem point of view as well but what's interesting is um so andrew Lyons runs this program called shaw which is sustainable resolution which was launched last August, where 16 of the mainstream 
retail brands of India have voluntarily come together and made a commitment to become more sustainable by 2025. Now, in the process of helping them do that, uh, we discovered a lot uh, of organizations across the supply chain who were doing amazing things. It could be from a fiber company to a certification company to a tech company that talks about transparency. And that's when, uh, you know, I discovered ZDHC, which is this uh, chemical discharge organization. And there was this lab uh, in Bombay who, um, that entire family is a family of chemical engineers. And uh, their entire education has been so from uh, the owner, uh, his father and his daughter. They're all chemical engineers. But their job is to test the chemicals and the dyes that go into apparel. So as a matter of fact, this phenomena is not new. Uh, it's just that because sustainability right now is demanding that amount of innovation to really take it to the next level, it's not merely designing as we have known it to be. Uh, therefore, I think these interventions are becoming more interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. This year, Tanushri, we discovered Fleather um, as part of the Circular Design Challenge, which is part of this Kanpur uh, flower cycling. Is that correct? Recycling. Recycling. No, I think they're called flower cycling. Oh, flower flower cycling. cycling. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. So they run this brand called Fool, which where they make agarbattis uh, out of discarded. P-H-O-O-L. P-H-O-O-L, yes. Yeah. And we are both consumers of Fool. Tanish <laughs> yeah. uh, and I. <laughs> and we were very excited to tell the founders that we use Fool. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> So, so that was their main product, but now from that same raw material, which is discarded flowers from temples and, you know, removed from uh, the rivers, they have made a leather alternative called Fleather. Um, so that's an interesting, uh, you know, intersection of technology and fashion as well. And I'm a huge fan of 3D printing. I think that as a technology is still yet to be explored. I am waiting for somebody oh. to make a 3D printed dress. For me, well, one day, Darshana, one hopefully day. you will be able to do it. Yeah. yeah. Not just but, make um, a 3D printed dress, make a dress for me. For me, yeah. Selfishness, yeah. yeah. Consumerism. <laughs> but uh, I there's an interesting question that's come in from Sanwar. Yes. On um, the topic of consumerism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, consumer behavior and choices. And I think it, it's, an, it's an extremely important question that um, I want to start answering it by saying that my perspective after having seen or tried to do consumer level sort of initiatives has been that either you work like people uh, like people with um, like with people like Darshana, um, you know, at the level of actually reaching out to a million people at a time and driving that. So at least 10% or 20% get some sort of impact. Uh, but even then, I think for me, it's been uh, my focus has shifted now to actually think, okay, Perhaps it's actually not even time to start looking at consumer behavior in such a scaled up manner, but instead we tackle that supply chain. Now, whether when that supply chain is sustainable, whether or not the product on the rack is sustainable uh, is not a question the consumer will have. Uh, you know, they will consume what they are given. Um, I will take a product that I see on the rack no matter what. And then if it is sustainable, great. If it's not, then there's work to be done, you know? And I see that that's my perspective that has shifted. Uh, I don't know about Tanushri and Darshana, what about you two? After having run a brand and worked with consumers as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I think again, it's a choice that 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 you know I kind of made consciously. I uh, and and I have so much respect for brands like Bohico and uh, you know brands that are really really working. Well, yeah, who are really working on the customer and on making the customer understand what they're doing and you know really saying buy this product because it's sustainable, because it's handmade, because it's a better alternative. And that's, so it's a tough job, you know, it's a tough job. And I think very much like what Karan just said, I, uh, what, what we, what I personally decided to do is work at that, you know, behind the scenes and say, okay, can we get to a point where it's, well, it's easy for a brand to be sustainable, where it is possible uh, and they are enabled to make better choices when it comes to their materials, their, you know, their labor, et cetera. And, uh, and if we can enable every single brand to do that and to make that choice, uh, then the burden is not so much on, you know, kind of driving that message. Then the burden really is just saying, I'm making a fabulous product. And essentially that's what you should have to do. You know, when you're, when you're selling a product, you should just have to show how fabulous it is. But here there's this double burden on sustainable brands of showing how fabulous it is, doing everything that a regular brand has to do, plus also kind of, you know, informing and educating. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a huge burden that is on brands right now, I feel, that needs to, that needs to be kind of lifted off by, you know, organizations like ours. Yeah. I think my perspective has changed uh, quite a bit uh, through the past three, four years into this. I think um, as an entrepreneur with the limited access to, you know, smaller brands, um, I was always under the perception that the bigger brands are only hogwashing all the time and that there is no real work that's happening. Mm-hmm. But uh, now that I am actually working with, you know, brands like or organizations of the level of bestseller or Aditya Birla or Spiker or Levi's, uh, there is actually some commendable work that's happening. It's definitely going to take a lot of time um, for them to convert completely uh, because yes, there are costs at the end of the day and I'm, I'm not, I'm not supporting, uh, you know, cutting corners or cutting costs at any, any, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, show that side of uh, the scenario which is often generally pushed away saying oh no it's just greenwashing all the time um so for example uh, me personally my consumption is just like reduced um, drastically from what i used to to now and now also when i go out i make sure that you're looking at the labels you're understanding what's happening and to my surprise i find better cotton in like bci cotton in a lot of brands uh, there is sustainable viscose used with uh, by a lot of brands and at affordable prices. So, for example, a Veramoda or an Only, I have two denims now, which are better cotton um, and are the same price. You know, they're around three, three and a half grand. So it's not um, a huge spike in the cost as well. But I think uh, it is going to take some time for the brands to also transition completely from where they are to the aspirations that all of us have and they have as brands as well um so yeah did i answer or did i just <laughs> you answered another question that came in uh, really? on, <laughs> yeah on uh, how sustainable fashion is uh, pricey yeah and compared yeah. to 
Convention. Oh, but that's a really good point yeah. because, like, CIF, our anchor partner is Aditya Birla, mm. uh, ABFRL, of course, you know, and uh, and of course, like, similar to the first question we got, there is, uh, oh, you're talking about circularity, but you're associating with corporate brands, and I think that, as Darshana said, I have also been very surprised to discover that. Yes, there it it does tend to be a little bit siloed. So perhaps within a large corporate brand, there will be a, a a CSR department or a sustainability department that will be very focused. But that department yeah. is doing a lot of work and is really a champion and is really kind of you know looking at every aspect. And even if they're not being able to make that change because these are large vehicles that take time to turn, you know they're slow moving they are definitely aware and they are always looking for solutions and so yeah i think that again you know that decision to say okay i'm not going to reject you because you look like something and represent something uh, i'm going to look at you carefully and i'll see you know where you can do better and i'll help you do better so that was that's the kind of shift that i feel we need yeah yeah and everybody's and doing their bit i think uh, everybody's doing their bit we we just like i said need to calm down of course if you are a purist then there are a lot of brands which literally you know source um from the artisan uh, will have a natural dye on it uh, will come to you in a zero waste packaging uh, you know will cost you 10000 upwards but you know i think that's where all of these prices also sort of add up when you yeah. do 10 products in a season versus 100 units in a season um yeah. but i think it's it's about time that we start balancing uh the lens that we're looking through uh for sustainability when if you're talking about change happening at scale and not just you know yeah. uh, smaller brands that are cropping up every day uh and newer and newer products are coming up the other thing i want to mention here is uh, karan perhaps you could talk a little the project that ci is doing with the lavs foundation on on business models uh that are enabling sustainable fashion to become a little bit more accessible at a lower price point so we are actually doing a project that has been funded by the lavs foundation uh which is looking at rental and resale models uh and those are those are kind of innovations at the business model level rather than the product level uh that are making fashion and sustainable fashion available at you know kind of affordable price point to a wider customer and and that's a little bit of an interesting space for innovation as well yeah i think um i mean i don't i don't know what i should say since you're doing the project honestly uh, but <laughs> not me my organization but uh I think yeah what's interesting about just that and sort of things that we're seeing is that there is this drive towards not only sort of sustainability from the lens of the environment but also this sort of how do you marry the social sustainability plus that environmental sustainability that's existed and I think most often more often than not what we've seen over the years is that people who think about sustainable fashion even in the CSR wings etc are focused on that social lens right I've seen that most of these sustainability outfits even if it's a question of actually working with them building a career in this sustainability space it's been i work with craftsmen i work with artisans i work with these uh, village um level entrepreneurs um 
it's never really been sort of on that systemic uh, or more sort of industry level as much as we'd like it to be and i think that is really what is opening up now as well that brands are starting to recognize the need for innovation all these consulting firms including intelligap and perhaps the big fours are starting to look at this um as a topic of interest uh platforms and sort of enablers like IMG Reliance or others also has started to think about how they can actually create better teams and more sort of innovative ideas on how they can make fashion sustainable and that's given us the opportunity to then sort of fold out and try these new different ways of doing it as well like i like i think i don't know if both of you thought this when you like you know were on your entrepreneurial journey would you think that you'd ever have come here right and then all three of us would have collaborated to try and build things like circular change makers or circular design challenge uh, in my previous role at least but um or sort of our collaboration like with organizations like intelicap as well on particular you know grants that we've given out but yeah uh it's it's quite interesting to just see this and i'm not sure if you guys agree with me but at least on that uh, idea of uh, Sorry, Sanwar just put a question up. I was just reading it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> on uh, on this whole idea of social sustainability versus environmental sustainability. Yeah, I think that's the other thing that, uh, especially this project is trying to address, right? That uh, so, as you said, you know, there's there's social sustainability spoken of at the level of SDGs, craft, etc., and then there's environmental. impact and sustainability is spoken of at the level of all of these amazing sustainable brands that are out there um and those two conversations kind of need to come together and so what we're trying to do with this project is uh, is really look at what is the you know we always look at the environmental impact of circular business models like upcycling like reselling like remanufacturing um but what is the case for the social impact and the human impact there and i think now more than ever in these times that project seems so so relevant um so that's another like interesting thing that we are working on at cia Uh, yeah and i think so uh, i know that we have sort of 3 minutes left so maybe i just want to get a quick sort of round up uh you know from both of you as well and i know sanwar's question for like another yeah we hour. can keep talking that's not a, <laughs> that's not, but other people have <laughs> things to do might be boring fast <laughs> yeah um but yeah i think sanwar's question is also interesting and perhaps you know that is a much larger discussion that we can have separately but but i i do think quickly i think uh, mintra's homegrown brand uh, i forget the name but you know, the, you know the other attendees can't see the question yeah you have to be oh sorry oh, oh sorry, sorry. Oh, i didn't know that sorry <laughs> she's a zoom webinar pro uh, yeah. i yes. think i think so no, i'm sure i don't know so sanwar basically had a follow up question where he's asking what would it take to have big online retailers like mintra amazon etc to have a filter or a category of sustainable fashion and i'll just one line on that i think um then mintra has already uh, they one of their homegrown brands i can't recollect the name now but their denim brand uh, they had started using um, recycled pet as a raw material for um their denims uh and i think uh, amazon has also opened something uh, for smaller brands which is similar to etsy 
which I think would be promoting, uh, you know, smaller conscious brands. So I think everybody is, everybody has sustainability in their agenda. I'm sure. I think it's just about, uh, you know, taking How that um, leap of faith and the amount and the energies that they want to focus on. Yeah. But for me, you have one minute. For me, that is, for me, that is not the goal. The goal is not that an Amazon should have a category of sustainable fashion. I the agree. goal is yeah. that fashion, sustainable fashion. Yes. Yeah. And maybe on that note to wrap up, uh, the idea being that you need sort of more people working at this sort of supply chain level, sort of thinking out of the box. Um, you know, not just from a product angle, not saying I will use specific sustainable materials um, for my products, but uh, how will you actually work beyond that and actually say that, okay, I will support the system to be more sustainable. So no matter what material I use for my product, it is sustainable. Um, and I think it's, it's not going to happen overnight, uh, like anything, except for coronavirus, obviously. Uh, but it's going to take time and more people like Darshana and Tanushree to challenge their own ideas and actually try new things out, look for different kinds of opportunities. And yeah, uh, that's how they would actually make fashion sustainable, in my opinion, through the work that they do. Uh, any famous last words from the both of you? Yeah. We need more outsiders. Yeah. <laughs> no, even insiders can adapt. It's okay. <laughs> this is becoming an inside-outsider war. I don't know. Just come one, come all. I think there's a lot of work to be done. Just find what you find interesting and get hooked to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, lovely. I think uh, my famous last words. <laughs> Actually, what I wanted to say just before I sort of ask for both of you to end this and wrap it up also, uh, that at some level, we are all on a journey to figure out how we are going to make fashion sustainable. But what's ex extremely interesting about that journey is that it opens up these new opportunities at every corner and every turn you take. Um, the problem is we're not able to find enough people to actually help us uh, <clears throat> maneuver these multiple corners and turns and sort of meanders and that's what is really missing right that uh, we need more people to come and say okay I'm ready to work in the sort of non-glamorous side I'm ready to work uh, not on designing a product I'm, and that's what it really is for me yeah, yeah I think you know the, that brief chat that we had uh, earlier and yeah. we spoke about sharing ideas and people being extremely possessive about their ideas. I think that needs to go uh, yeah. because we all really need to come together for uh, that one cause and, uh, you know, just work together as a team, as preachy as it sounds. But uh, <laughs> I think uh, it's okay to have two fair trunks or 20 fair trunks or, you know, it's okay to have one boheko or 20 bohekos, it's just that much more nicer to reach out to that many more people. Yeah. On that note of collaboration and camaraderie and uh, multiple other things. Community. Thank you everyone, community. Thank, Thank you everyone you so for much. attending. Um, yeah, see you soon. Take care, stay safe and stay home. 
It's great to see you stick around till the end. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll come back for more. Please do share, subscribe or whatever that you typically do to our podcast because we are going to need some love and support. See you next time.